CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, stocks limp to the close of a holiday-shortened week as investors worry the Fed may not be done hiking rates. Will the start of earnings season boost the market's mood or sour traders on a summer rally? Plus, revved up over Rivian, traders piling into options for the EV maker and the stock rocketing higher this week. Is there still room for this car and truck maker to run? We'll debate that. And later, Meta's monster move. We'll take a look back at the option strategy our traders put in place and see if now is the time to ring the register or keep it going. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action. We're live at the Nasdaq market site on the desk tonight. My co, Carter Worth and Brian Sellen joins us here in-house. A mixed job report closes out a losing week for the markets as investors fear the Fed may be returning to hiking the hiking cycle. We also saw bond rates spike. The dollar sink and housing dip, but on the flip side, energy rebounded a bit and all this happening as a new earnings season kicks off late next week. Before we get to Carter's charts, what are each of uh, your key takeaways here from the holiday shortened week? Mike, kick it off for us. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, from an options perspective, it was definitely a very, a very light week. Uh, you know, with those who think that there is probably another Fed rate hike uh, coming up, I tend to agree with that. Uh, although the jobs report today probably helps them feel like they're getting some of that job done. Uh, you know, we still with 3.6 percent unemployment, uh, still with inflation around 4 percent. They are going to have to probably put in another 25 basis points, not in my view, that 25 basis points when you are where we are in and around 5% really makes that much of a difference. But I think it optically signals that hawkish tone that I think they want to preserve. Uh, and I think that's going to create some pressures as we look forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they have this hawkish tone here, Mel, but I don't know necessarily that they're really going to be that hawkish. I mean, when you look at some of the things that they're doing here and the rest of the way the market's behaving, and we'll maybe get into this about the weakness of the dollar and whatnot, but unemployment rate is still good. The VIX and volatility or the spikes index, whatever you look at, that's still in the teens. The dollar's a little bit weaker. I think what the market is really saying is that the Fed is not going to do enough to sort of raise rates, spook people out, create this recession that people keep talking about, then the market might just keep chugging higher here. And maybe it's time for commodities to sort of bottom out and move up too. And that maybe this sort of disinflation and everything they're trying to control, they may not do a great job of doing that. And I expect inflation to sort of stay above their 2% for quite a bit more time. Do you think they stuck the landing? I think they kind of stuck the landing in the sense that they were basically able not to raise rates high enough. I think they should have gone further. They should have gone more. I think we'll still continue to see some inflation in the marketplace, but that may be good for stocks. I mean, when you look at volatility as low as it is right now uh, and and what some of the growth names have done so far this year, I think they kind of have stuck the landing to some degree. And I think they'll you know, I think the market's got some more likes to the upside. Uh, hmm. Let's see. I, I don't know. You know, it's not my area, but I would say that they almost never stick the landing. <laughs> it's one of their things. Like, we've all been in that plan that slams down hard. You're like, whoa. Uh, I, my hunch is it, it, it is not going to be pulled off. So either um, somehow it is the market is ahead of the facts and the facts ultimately are coming out. And we do know that there's a lag time to interest rate tightening cycles and that ultimately will come out in the wash. But it was a really 
complicated or mixed week in the sense that, let's take the U.S. dollar. It's the single biggest security in the world, mm -hmm. right? So the total value of all equities traded, the bond market is double that, the currency market is double that. And so that makes the dollar the big thing. And the dollar got crushed, even as 10-year yields moved oh, yeah. up immediately. And what was the best performing sector with yields going up? REITs. So there's all of this sort of interplay. And at the end of the day, um, do, you, do you make the bet that we are basically sort of weakening or are we going to continue on? My hunch is that equities have priced in a lot, generally, mm -hmm. and that uh, one is right to harvest gains, take profits and so forth. But we yeah. have lots of charts of it. Lots of them, dollar yields, all let's, of it. So let's yeah, go through. Let's go through. So the dollar, uh, very bad week, and you can see it here. Uh, on your screen, and we know that the 150-day moving average has rolled over. It rallied to the declining 150-day on the DXY and hit its head. It's also, second chart, a well-defined downtrend line, and it failed to the penny at that trend. Now, we also know that rates, and let's look at two ways to draw the lines on 10-year yields. The first would imply that we sort of broke out from these converging trend lines. And yet, if you look at another way to draw the lines, we're basically still not at the highs. So that's the question. Are those highs uh, going to uh, sort of remain the highs? That's my hunch. I think we're still in the, the topping process for yields. But what we did see, interestingly, and this is important, dollar-related, that energy-related uh, instruments, whether it's not gas bottoming, oil, uh, you can look at the OIH, um, and so forth, all having uh, very big weeks. And my hunch is that this is an important theme, contrarian theme, and it speaks to value, um, among other things. All right. Well, let's stick with energy here. Mike is actually eyeing a name with one of the biggest jumps that we saw this week. Mike, what's a sock? Yeah, I was taking a look at uh, Halliburton, you know, and I actually I think we mentioned this at the end of last week when somebody was asking us about natural gas, which, of course, uh, didn't actually really rally today. But if it is starting to bottom, and, and what are some of the things that could cause that? I mean, if we if we do see real cooling demand, uh, hot summer, that potentially could increase a natural gas demand. And if, you know, the production hasn't really been rallying, Halliburton uh, would be a way to play it if you think that it is going to catch a bounce here. A couple of reasons for that. I mean, they're more exposed to fracking. They are heavily exposed to domestic production. About 50% of the revenues or so come from the U.S., the company is cheap if they can live up to the EPS that we're talking about. And, you know, basically taking a look at uh, capital return to shareholders, probably in the neighborhood of about $950 bucks full year uh, between uh, basically share repurchases and, and dividends. So uh, I think they're going to be reporting earnings on July 19th. Um, right now, options are as cheap as they've been uh, since the pandemic. So I, I like playing a call spread here to play for additional upside. I was looking at the 3440 in September. Now, admittedly, I was looking at that a little earlier today. The stock was, I think, still under 35 bucks a share when I was looking at this. About $2.40 a contract. Your mileage may vary a little bit depending on where it opens up on Monday because uh, we did rally almost 8% in the thing today. But, uh, you know, it's trading at probably 13 times full year estimated earnings right now. Uh, I think if you're inclined to be long natural gas, this is a name that's levered to it. You like the charts here, Carter? Right. So Halliburton has the circumstance of being an underperformer over the past 12 months to the OIH, right? It's sort of peer group of which it's the second biggest weighting. But a big uh, day today, and I think there's follow through. Yeah. Brian, what do you think of the trade? Yeah, I mean, I think where the Fed might not stick the landing is on inflation. I think they've stuck the landing on the economy. And if I'm going to 
buy into inflation. I want to own energy type names. I love Halliburton. I think it's a good buy here. I like the call spread idea. You could even shift the call spread maybe up a little higher and do two of the call spreads to get a little leverage on the upside. So this is something that I'd be looking to add to a portfolio right now. All right. Let, let's now look ahead to next week's earnings season, which kicks off the financial sector taking center stage. The group kicking off next week with a huge slate of names reporting. Um, Brian's been taking a look at one name with a big connection to the REITs that like Carter had just mentioned on Fast. He likes IYR. And what do you yeah, I mean, BlackRock, you know, when you look at the REITs, they've really held in there pretty well. BlackRock's one that kind of trends with the rest of the financials, but seems to sort of outperform the rest of the REITs despite a big portfolio in the real estate market. So I think this is a stock that you can kind of own. If you want to capture some premium, they do have earnings coming up here. So I don't necessarily am not a big proponent of selling a call into earnings and buy writing something against stock. But I don't think the stock is going to run away to the upside. But I think there's some option premium. They're trading about you go 30 days out. You can collect 3 4% premium on your money here. Maybe sell a put at a level that you want to get long this stock and sort of you know, play that to the slight upside here. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, relationship does BlackRock have with IYR? If any. Yeah, the correlation isn't high, but mm-hmm. obviously they're a huge uh, owner of a massive real estate portfolio, right. but it, it tracks uh, more closely to other uh, asset managers mm-hmm. and, and, and such. Right. How, do the chart, how does the chart look? Mm-hmm. A pair of twos. Oh, a pair of twos. Uh-oh. Brian, how, do you, well, how does that make you feel? Well, no, I, I'm actually okay. That's, a pair of twos could be okay if the yeah, market goes lower. True. It could that's be true. hey. So. Yeah, well, I think when you have a pair of twos, that's when you want to sell premium, right? right you want right, to see right. it kind of sit still, a sock. That's why you can take advantage, use options to yeah. uh, make a little more. If it's not going to do anything, I guess that's what you do, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people have often said sell in May and, and go away. Of course, with options, it is uh, you know something that can create a tailwind if you sell premium, of course, because you're actually collecting a little bit of that uh, every day. And I, and I think a name like this one, uh, you know, is one of those names that you might look at, at doing that. I mean, in some places, we aren't seeing premium uh, at that attractive a level, but uh, this is one where it's probably not going to move around that much. All right. Let's turn now to another surging space, the EV trade. This week, the top five options names in the auto space were all EV makers. Big moves this year in some of the top players. Tesla leading the charge up a whopping 125 percent. But Rivian not out of the race yet. And the options pits are lighting up the name this week. Um, what, what have you seen, Brian? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Tesla last week. We talked about buying call spread in there. I still own the stock personally. And so I think some of the other names are sort of playing a little bit of catch up. And when we got the numbers on the vehicle production for some of these other EV makers, they were quite good for a name like Rivian. And I think you saw the stock kind of take off on that. And so a lot of option activity trading. I think there's some sort of ways to use options to your advantage here after the stock has already moved. It almost feels like a meme-like stock explosion the last few days. And I would use options instead of owning the stock at this point. And so, uh, you know, I was sort of looking to continue to play to the upside use an upside call to continue to play that upside, but also offset some of that cost by selling a downside put, uh, specifically looking at a trade out to September, buying the September 30 strike call, selling the January 20 put. Net-net, I actually collect some premium here uh, on my portfolio. The stock sort of sits still. I earn some money. I don't have to own the stock unless it breaks through through 20 on the downside. And when you look at Rivian, I think they've turned the corner. Like we're seeing growth in their vehicle production. And it's a great luxury car. If you haven't been in it or seen it, it looks fantastic. And so I think basically a $20 level seems like a level where that stock kind of hangs in here for good. Yeah, they did reiterate their full year uh, guidance for delivery. So that's a, a good thing. Carter, was this a breakout or are you just going to laugh at this thing? Because it looks like no, you're going to no, laugh. No. First of all, <laughs> let me say this, and this is important. Note, I almost 
well, 100% of the time, never have any conflict of interest. I make a point of that. 20 years uh, doing this. I'm actually short Rivian today. It, okay. it, it, I'll, I'll tell you the price I did it. It was 20. Uh, the high was 25.63, and I did it 25.20. So at one point, it was against me. It moved uh, down, and I'm going to stick with this. I think those unfilled gaps, it's feeling euphoric. It's feeling impetuous. Or you said something that is quite horrible, a meme stock. Goodness, because <laughs> if it's that, then trouble ahead. But either yeah. way, look, obviously, we heard that it's the best-selling electric truck. Uh, we don't know what happens to the F-150 Lightning. But the point is, a lot has happened quickly, and a lot of days in a row up with unfilled gaps. My hunch is you at least sell calls or trim, do something. Mike, do you own a Rivian? Uh, I don't own Rivian. I don't own a Rivian. Uh, in <laughs> fact, Brian, I know you've got a Tesla. We have one of those, too. So, uh, you know, you're sort of uh, not, not, buying the pro- not buying the stock of the product that you buy. I find that kind of interesting. This is not a Holly Index name, although she has commented that she likes these things. I will say <laughs> this. Meme stocks were often selected because they had high short interest. And this one has a pretty high short interest. It's a, just about 13% or so. Um, you know, these big gaps that we're seeing, you know, this is has some hallmarks of a little bit of a short squeeze. Does that, you know, does that signal a buying opportunity to me as somebody who's more of a value player? Uh, not so much, but it could obviously run further to the upside. But on a value basis, I'm not that crazy about it. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's much more Options Action right after this. From one earnings season right to another. We're looking to upgrade where we sit with Delta Airlines and taking out options insurance on insurer United Health. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to Options Action. We mentioned bank earnings are right around the corner, but let's check out a couple of other names set to report next week. First up, United Health, a big underperformer this year. And Mike, you say you're going to play this one just like an insurer would. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, so what do insurance companies do to make money? They sell premium. Uh, and of course, options traders can do that too. And so I, that's what I'm thinking about uh, in United Health. Now, I want to point out United Health is one of the most epic growth story stocks that we've seen over the past 20 years or so. It's a long-term holding of mine. It's a cash flow generating monster. But when you're looking to generate premium, you're looking for stocks that aren't likely going to move a whole lot in either direction, really. And United Health is probably one of those names. This is a name that moves less than 3% on average on earnings. And actually, right now, we're getting about 25% implied volatility for the front month options. So, you know, there are different ways you can do that. You can sell a cash-covered put. You can sell call debit spread, uh, call credit spreads, or put credit spreads. I was looking at selling a call credit spread in, in this case. I was looking out to July. Now, the idea here was selling the 470, 480 uh, call spread 
You're going to collect close to $4 for this, so close to 40% of the distance between the strikes, which is, I think, an attractive amount of premium over a relatively short period of time. In this case, the July 28th weekly options actually were the ones that I was, was looking at. Now, an important point about this, this is a trade you can do whether you're own, you own the stock or not. In fact, I sometimes like selling call credit spreads against long equity positions rather than just an outright short call against it as a covered call. And the reason for that is that if you happen to get it uh, wrong, you've defined the risk of your trade in the event that the stock actually does get a sharp uh, spike. But we don't typically see that in earnings on United Health. All right. So Mike called it an epic growth story. Carter at one point called this a godlike chart. Uh, Carter, where does it stand now? Uh, now that's down 12% for the year. I was going to say maybe God's snoozing here better. And he's not feeling <laughs> so godlike. But, but to, to Mike's point and my comment about being godlike, this is pure idiosyncratic growth, right? It's domestic only, so it doesn't care about currencies. It doesn't care about war. It doesn't care about, frankly, highly uh, insensitive to economic activity. And it's a beta is almost half the market. It is one of the greatest uh, operating businesses in the market. And it has now sort of stalled. Um, my hunch is to take advantage of the stall because ultimately uh, higher from here. At what point on that chart do you get concerned if it breaks down the lower, well, the lower right. channel? You're, you're, you're getting right to it. Meaning, do we start to break through the right. from a stall to a rollover? Um, at some point, if that starts to happen, yes, you got to take measures. But for now, I think you give it the benefit of the doubt. Meaning, after a steep, uncorrected move, a sideways move, a consolidation, is working off the overbought condition of the preceding move. So is it just that, the pause that refreshes, or what you intimated possibly, is it the rollover? Um, my hunch is it's the former, not the latter. All right, let's get to another name reporting next week. Delta, it's been wheels up for that stock over the last few months, now up nearly 50% this year. And with earnings on deck, Brian's got a way to play it if you think the stock has reached its cruising altitude. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> well, yeah, it might be reaching its cruising altitude. A lot of analysts are out there saying right now on the street that jet fuel costs, we talked about energy prices being somewhat suppressed. That's been very good for the stock. And, you know, that's probably what we'll probably see in some of their earnings call coming up here next week. I think when you're looking at Delta, the consumer discretionary stocks are starting to sort of feel this shift where there's sort of a bid. I think a lot of stocks are now starting either to work off inventory, commodity prices are lower for them, whatnot. It's making them profit margin a little bit better for them. So I think Delta kind of falls in that category. We have seen the stock rally tremendously here in just the last couple of weeks, really. Um, but this does feel a little bit like a buy the rumor and then sell the news once earnings comes out next week. And so for that, I'd be looking to use some options, sell some premium. A lot of people, and Carter, we talked about this too, that you, you have five and a half percent, five and a quarter percent yield out there. Why don't you just sit in cash instead of being in the market? Well, I can get cash. I can collect some yield. If I sell a put, I have to keep the cash in place to buy the stock. So I get yield on my cash. I sell the put. I also collect yield. And Delta, I think, has gotten through a level. I pick a put strike where I'm willing to get long the stock or where I don't think the stock is getting down below to anytime soon. And I think that $45 strike level going out to September, I've collected enough premium where if you look at the annualized return of that, that's above 12% annualized return on top of the cash that I'm waiting and in case I do get put to the stock. So I think from a risk reward, someone that's a conservative type investor wants to collect some premium. This makes a lot of sense because I think there's a buffer here at that 45 level. Mike, you're taking the trade. Uh, a conservative investor selling puts on airlines. Uh, that, that's kind of a combination of two things I don't think I've heard before. But I mean, look, a lot of these names are quite cheap. Delta actually does do a good job managing the fuel cost side, as probably many people know. They actually bought their own refiner uh, several years ago. 
And, you know, this thing trading seven times uh, full year for, for next year EPS of about seven and a half bucks. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's quite incredible. Uh, of course, if we do start to see sharply higher energy prices or if the economy rolls over hard, uh, that could be a headwind for them. Quick take on the chart. Yeah, I would say this seems more deliberate and measured momentum versus Rivian, which is more impetuous momentum. I think you stick with Delta. All right. Up next, we're threading our way through Meta. Mike is updating his trade from a while back after the big run-up in the name and new Threads app launched this week. How to manage that one when options action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. A while back, Mike laid out a trade on Meta, the social stock surging since then up nearly 18% with some recent help from its new Threads launch this week. So, Mike, the trade is solidly in the green. What are you doing? Yeah, I think you definitely either want to roll up those 245 calls or, or just take your profits. We spent 14 bucks for the July 245s. They're worth 45 bucks now and well in the money. So roll up and out or just take the profits and run. All right. Up next, we have tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks, I bought eight SoFi October 5th calls at 78 cents in May, sold two at 450 in June. How should I handle the balance of the position now? Brian, what do you say? I think it's about time to roll those calls up, maybe to the seven strike or higher. So sell those lower strike calls, roll them up higher. That's another way of sort of taking profit without getting totally out of the position. There could be some more room to run in this stock as long as it holds above that $7 level. You know, SoFi doubled from its low 5 to 10. That's exactly what Rivian has just done. Guess what it's done since 10? It's dropped 20% to 8. Trim, reduce, do something. All right. Our next fan asks, Ford earnings on July 27th up 30%. Want to keep the position. First idea is to buy uh, of the $15 July 28th puts to cover the entire position. Is that expiration too close to the news? Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you might push it out an extra week or two, and that's only going to cost you about an extra 10 to 12 cents per contract to do that. And then, of course, you get to essentially hold the stock, that three-day rule that a lot of us often talk about. News is going to come out. Give yourself a little bit of time to digest it. All right. It's time for the final call. That went fast. Mike Coe, back over to you. Yeah, I think you can look like insurers do to collect a little bit of premium on United Health. I like selling upside call spreads. Uh, and then, of course, buying call spreads uh, into September. Brian? Uh, sell puts in Delta. Collect more premium out there, and I like that stock. Carter? If you have profits in SPY, take some and put it into IYR right. or energy. That does it for us. See you next Friday. Special Tech Check starts right now. CNBC. Live ambitiously. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Options Action Disclaimer. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.